Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another new episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres lost their fifth straight game as they took a tough L in a 6-1 to loss to the Lightning, and it was not a pretty one. Uh, Jack Quinn's debut was really the main story going into this game, and the main story coming out of it is that we don't have any goalies anymore. Everybody's dead. We'll get into all of this and more. <laughs> But let's start off with the game itself, Taylor. Well, let's start off the most important thing. The birthday oh. of our third co-host, Zygmunt Rogan Orr. Yeah, baby. But he, yes, my, my sweet boy Ziggy turned one years old on January 11th, 111. And uh, it, was, it was quite the cause for celebration. Let me tell you, it was a shame, though, that the Sabres could not hold up their end of the bargain and end up getting a win for him. Well, the good news is Ziggy has no idea who the Sabres are. Uh, he has not been, he's the, not been a, he's the co-host of a Sabres podcast. Of course he knows who they are. Yeah. But most of his takes, they generally just seem to be not about hockey. That's fair. He does have a lot of non-hockey takes. He seems to just be like, his take is like either, um, I want to bite onto this or I'm hungry or I have to poop. Yep. Yeah. So like, you know, he'll get he's it, really I guess. Order. It's yeah. Order too. Yeah. Yeah. So so do we want to start with last night's game? Did yeah, let's say? start with the Tampa game. Yeah, what were your what were your thoughts on it? What were your takeaways? And what did you think of Jack Quinn's debut? Well, if there's ever such thing as a schedule loss uh, with, what, like multiple days off going into it, that's that's kind of a rare thing in the NHL. That was it. So the Sabres did not have Tuck, Peyton Krebs, Cadula, Thompson, Hag. Am I missing anyone? <laughs> no, I think that's probably about covers it but was yeah, that and- i guess the, the the prevailing point though i'm assuming that you're going to make is that it was a not ideal circumstance for jack quinn to make his debut it was not and it was against the two-time reigning champion tampa bay lightning who have quite a few good players you could say so that was uh, not the best circumstances and it was about uh, how you would expect through the first period i would say it was two nothing and it seemed to be the lightning were dominating uh UPL looked normal, not really good or bad. I would say didn't, didn't really bail them out, but also didn't really, uh, didn't give up the game in the first period. At least they just, they were getting smacked around by a superior team. And then he got hurt at some point late in the first period. Cause he left between the intermission. Uh, the second period started and Malcolm Subban was on net and they immediately scored three goals on him. <laughs> didn't even wait. Uh, 
it, you know, I might be screwing this up. It might even be four and one that they gave up. It might, I don't, you know what? No, 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 no. Subban gave up three goals uh, in like three goals, like in quick succession. Uh, and then eventually the Sabre scored. And then I, I believe the Lightning got a sixth one and a fourth one on Subban. Subban, not good. Not good, folks. <laughs> no. He is not really, he is like a, not a step above Aaron Dell, uh, excuse me, Michael Dell, uh, Dell CEO. He is like a, a tenth of a step above him maybe he yeah. is really bad i would really rather see dustin Tokarski in there at this point yikes another terrible performance by him and of course the lightning dominated all the way through uh and i guess the next story of the game would be jack quinn played indeed what were your what were your thoughts seeing him on the ice i mean he seemed like he got off to a really good start in the game um you know he was generating shots unlike anybody else on the team pretty much and and generating some attempts and so you know, you got to give him credit there. But again, when you're talking about the circumstances, when, you know, just to repeat, you're going up against the two-time defending cup champs, you're going up against not, not, you know, with a lot of teams in the league, it's like, they'll have like one or two marquee guys. The lightning have like six on their team. And of course, one of them in Kucherov scores a hat trick. And so, you know, on top of that, I mean, like the matchups weren't easy either. Cause you look at them down the lineup. I mean, them just in general on paper, you have, you know, Braden Point, Sorelli, Stamkos, Kucherov, Hedman, McDonough. You have easily a top three goalie in the NHL on this team. And that doesn't even get into some of their better depth players who are down the lineup for them. So it, it wasn't the easiest of circumstances for him. But were, did you come away feeling happy about Jack Quinn's debut? Yeah, I thought he did generate offensive chances. He didn't look lost or anything. He didn't, unfortunately, get on the score sheet. Uh, but he looked solid and he looked like he was like you said one of the few guys who was generating any kind of offense and you know you and i were not very high on jack quinn uh when he was drafted about like most people uh, were not true true uh so yeah I'm, I'm i'm pretty excited about that it's pretty crazy rob ray mentioned that jack quinn's still in the top five i think in scoring in the ahl and they missed basically a month with mono mm-hmm. out out it just said uh on the uh injury report out smooching too many babes smooching all the babes yeah man yep well, no, so, and I think it brings up a good point about Quinn too, though, that, you know, we've talked about it a bit this year and it's really been the story of the Amherst. I would say even more so than the success of, of JJ Paterka, you know, cause Krebs came along a little bit later, but I mean, Quinn's development track has been remarkable to say the least, you know, coming out it, even still to this day, this guy can end up being like a, a solid top six winger in the league. And even still, like you can look back and say that he should not have been the pick. Conventional wisdom pointed towards Marco Rossi, Cole Perfetti, and Anton Lindell. It was far and away, it was those three guys, to a lesser extent, Lindell. But Quinn should not have been the pick there. You know, you had looked at what he had done with Ottawa, where his first year in the league, he comes in in the OHL, and he really did not make much of an impact was not getting really marquee minutes at all. And then his second year in the league, he gets, you know, you can even say the first year is an adjustment period for him. He just explodes the year before he gets drafted, puts up incredible numbers, obviously good enough to be taken in the top 10 of the NHL. Then you look at last year too. He plays in Rochester a bit, really wasn't spectacular. And again, it kind of seems like, I don't know if it's a parallel or maybe it's just a matter of coincidence, but maybe it is him. You know, he is such a gifted athlete and he's such a gifted hockey player that he needs to just take the time like a year pretty much in each league to adjust 
And then from there, it's like, okay, this is the speed we're playing at. This is the talent level that I'm playing against. I got this now. And I know how to play. I know how to dominate. And I know how to adjust my game accordingly to the talent that I'm playing against. And I think that that's something that across sports in general, it doesn't matter whether it's hockey, football, baseball, basketball, whatever it is, that is the kind of prospect that you want to have in your organization. And especially one that you invest a high draft pick in. Now, again, I don't know if that's actually necessarily the case where it is like a a legitimate adjustment period for him, but it it kind of feels that way to me. And it makes me feel very good about the long-term prospects for him when he eventually does become an NHL player, because realistically looking at him when he was coming out as a prospect, it was like, okay, this guy can score goals, which is something that the Sabres absolutely needed. You you know, you and I, I know are both in agreement that the single biggest issue with the Sabres throughout this 10-year playoff drought has been their lack of goal scoring. And so you draft a guy to try to address that need. Now, again, the guys who were on the board at the time also could have addressed that need, but that's neither here nor there for the purpose of this conversation. So, you know, you draft this guy, he's a really good athlete. And with him, it kind of felt like he was a bit of a project where he has the tools, but you have to help him put it together. So, you know, now looking at him at the NHL level, I mean, if he's going to get an extended look this year, we'll see how much, because I do think that there is a, you know, a a belief in the organization that they want to have these, like the kids down there for the playoff or for the playoff run and the eventual Calder cup run. But if you're going to give him some time up here and you're going to give him and Krebs and Paterka extended looks where, you know, maybe at the end of the year, these guys all end up playing, I don't know, let's call it like 15 games or something like that. You know, as the season goes on, maybe more or less a little bit here or there. You know, if you guys are, if you're giving them an extended look like that, that is going to do wonders for them looking ahead to next year when undoubtedly the three of them are going to all be up full time in the NHL next year. I mean, they look already now like they could, they could fit, you know, Paterka and, and Krebs had a little bit more of an extended look than Quinn has with his only one game. But I, I mean, give these guys some time now get them some experience under their belt so they can adapt to the NHL game, send them back down, dominate, go win a Calder cup. And then by the time next year rolls around, I mean, you're literally just by default injecting three top nine forwards into the lineup, which is huge for them. So I feel, I feel as you know, tempered expectations can go for a Buffalo Sabres fan. I feel pretty good right now about the three of them, but even like Jack Quinn specifically, which is something that, again, two years ago, I never thought I would be saying. Yeah, because he wasn't a saver two years ago. <laughs> you know what I mean, a year and a half. <laughs> um, so I, I agree with most of that, but some more, more negative came out last night after the game. I didn't really get to this part, but Subban was then uh, hurt and shaken up. He finished the game, but he's out, and he's month to month, according to today's injury report. Now they have, the Sabres have four goalies on IR and only one of them is less than month to month. Yikes. Not, not good. Yeah, definitely not. not so, you, it's almost comical at this point. Like it, it really, really is. So I know, so he, him and Anderson are month to month. Which one of Tokarski and UPL is week to week and which is month to month? Tokarski is week to week and UPL is also week to week. Oh, okay. So both of them are week to week. Good. Yeah, okay. So, so those are- and Anderson are month to month and the other two are week to week. Other updates too, from the injury report that Sabres PR put out, Casey Middlestat remains month to month, which is just so goddamn disappointing. Um, Robert Hag is day to day and uh, our boy Drake is week to week. So... 
not good not good it's just like and then of course obviously with Tage being out as well and then you have Tuck who's been missing some games here it's it's been unfortunate and it's been less than ideal. I mean, you know, you're going to expect this with COVID you're going to expect it with injuries. Like it happens, but when this year has literally been all about no pressure, just develop, get the games in and get the minutes in and the guys who you really need it to. I mean, obviously Tage is new to the injury report, but like, it's just so annoying. It, it, there's, there's no other way of, or like, you know, elegant way of putting it. Then it's just really, really goddamn annoying. Yeah, and uh, the the goaltending situation, I don't think there's been really a three-week stretch all year where it's been settled, unfortunately. And now we're probably going to see a sixth goaltender start a game. So Dell, uh, CEO Michael Dell, has been called up back into action. And Mm-mm-mm. so has uh, Michael Hauser, who I can't believe we're going to see again in 2020. I mean, it's 2022 now. We saw him late last season, and I went over on a, a podcast on this very show how kind of insane it was and what it took for us to see him. It took Allmark and Hutton being hurt, Johansson being traded, and I think UPL being unavailable and Tokarski maybe being hurt too. Anyway, it took a whole lot of things for us to ever see Michael Hauser play a game for the Sabres and then win two of them, which was nice. Now we're going to see him again uh, because – well, we probably will not see Malcolm Subban for a while. Month to month when you're a Sabre, yikes. We might not see him again. His leg might be amputated right now for all we know. Yes. And then, you know, UPL and Tokarski, who knows? Hopefully we see them before February, but you never know. I mean, Tokarski's been such a weird thing. You've, yeah. you've barely heard anything about him. He seemed, he was basically the starting goalie for a little while this season. And then, unfortunately, Craig Anderson, um, I assume, is dead or or is on his deathbed or something to that effect. I think that's probably a fair guess at this, this point. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll see him again either. So going forward for this next little while, we're going to have uh Dallin Hauser and man, that is insanely disappointing with the way UPL was playing, not even just UPL as a prospect, but for the team as a whole, because the Sabres, unless one of those guys plays way better than I think they're going to, the Sabres are going to get crushed every game. Now they're going to get, they, they're, they're going to be, uh, they're going to drop to the bottom of the league unless UPL or Tokarski comes back soon. What up Shane, Wright? How you doing bud? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I honestly okay. don't even love that. Not even because we have to watch all these games, but like there's, there will be these guys in the lineup. I know they, they oh, yeah. are making a point of having Krebs, Quinn and Paterka down, but like, I don't want Dylan cousins to have his first two seasons have be a combined like 25 wins. No, that's terrible. That's a terrible way to start things off. And there's other guys I care about, I guess, like Rasmus Dahlin. But man, it, it just sucks. I just, it'd be nice if they could just have Tokarski be in there, be like a 905 goaltender, give you a punching chance every game. Yep. And uh, they're not going to get that. They're, 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 Dell might end the season with a five goals against average. We'll see. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, it's it's really not a lot to look forward to because it's going to be back to before UPL came up. I mean, in a best case scenario, it's going to be because now, you, to your point, things could get real ugly because if pre UPL, they at least were scoring, they were losing games, but they were scoring three, four goals a game. You know, we had talked at length that they had that run where it was like seven four, seven five, like six three. You know, so they were putting up goals and they were scoring at a high rate, and still comparatively speaking this year compared to the rest of the drought it's still near the top in terms of their goals per game which is great 
obviously it's not good enough for them to be like a contending team. And I know we're setting the bar really low, but it's good that they're at least scoring at that higher of a rate with a team that has significantly less talent than they probably have aside from like the tank team, maybe other than that, like they don't have a ton of talent on this roster right now. So what's scary though now is UPL comes up and then from there, it was like the scoring started to go down a bit. And I am very worried if we're going to be dealing with, Tage is going to be out a few games and other guys who are going to be like, who are key contributors. I mean, it seems like talk is pretty close to be, I think, is he going to be back tomorrow? I believe. Um, Fingers crossed. We're going to be getting guys back, but like they're still, regardless of them coming back in the lineup, like they got to put the puck in the net. And if they are going to continue to score at the rate that they've been going at for, you know, the past month or so in the time since UPL was called up. Yeah. It's not going to just be like, it's going to be, some real ugly losses. I mean, we're already right now in the midst of a five game losing streak. And I mean, you know, you have Nashville who is no slouch. UC Saros has really been a revelation since Pecorine retired and has fully taken on that number one goaltending role. I mean, the Red Wings aren't as bad. We have a back-to-back with them on the 15th and the 17th for a, in a way in that home matchups. Um, they're better than they've been in a, in a in quite a while. I think they're about 500 right now, which is again given where the Red Wings were, it's it's pretty surprising, and it's pretty also amazing what Lucas Raymond has been able to do for Dylan Larkin because it seems like he is like told. I mean, Larkin was always a good player, but Lucas Raymond has like elevated him exponentially now. So the Red Wings are pretty legit. I mean, Ottawa, I they don't really scare me at all. But then you have Dallas, then you have Philly, so. You know, next week, I mean, those four games, if they could come out of that uh, out of that stretch two and two, I would, all things considered, be very happy with that, given the current state of just the team in general and the goaltending situation. Yep. I mean, I don't, yeah, that'd be kind of shocking to me if they come out two and two, but I guess we'll see. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about something fun here real quick. Okay. That's our friends at DraftKings. Ooh. Folks, the NFL playoffs are here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down the Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 to win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. The sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania, New York only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required, one per customer, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You download DraftKings? Yeah, I haven't used it yet. So I had a, a real nice dumbass move. I ended up downloading it because I had a friend who had like a referral thing or whatever. Like he got whatever uh, money credits towards bets or whatever for like having a friend sign up. 
So I went to download the app and you have to deposit it for like the thing to go through. So I put in 50 bucks, which is obviously fine. Not a lot. I came to realize though, that unfortunately I had downloaded the daily fantasy app rather than the sportsbook <laughs> app. So now I just have $50 sitting in this daily fantasy app and I admittedly don't know a ton about daily fantasy sports. So I'm going to have to do some research and figure out how I can do something <laughs> with the $50. <laughs> Yeah, wow. I think I did something similar with some other bullshit app we shouldn't even talk about because there's no other gambling apps besides DraftKings that matter. All right. Until the day we die. (laughs) So we talked a little about the Sabres upcoming stretch and you mentioned Detroit and that got me thinking about something that I think is really interesting. We touched on this like three weeks ago and it's only um, gotten more, I say less interesting. I should really say less interesting in this sense. the Eastern Conference playoffs are basically set, not matchup wise, but the eight teams are, they're in. Mm-hmm. It's over. And in fact, I would say any team making it outside of the eight that are currently in is be a miracle, despite the fact that we're not to the halfway point yet. And I don't think another team has held a playoff spot in a little while either, based on points percentage. I, I, I'm not looking at playoff. Uh, playoff odds percentage wise, I'm I'm sure that would be even more stark. But this is really it's kind of weird, right? I don't remember this ever being this way. Uh, oh, I guess no. Yeah, just so the people at home can get a, a feel for how set they are. So Carolina is leading the Metro fifty points in thirty three games. Uh, the Rangers have fifty and thirty seven. The Capitals of forty nine and thirty seven. So those are the three automatic teams. And then in the East, it's Florida has 53 and 36 games. Tampa Bay is 53 and 38. And Toronto is 49 and 34. Uh, and then the two wildcard teams, uh, one is Pittsburgh is 47 and 35. So they're the, they are the technically the seven seed right now, but they could easily pass the Capitals. Shit, they could easily win the Metro. I mean, there are three games, they're three points back and Carolina has two games in hand, but they are right there with those three other teams. And then Boston is nine points behind Toronto, but they have two games in hand. They have 40 points in 32 games. They're at eighth. Do you and know who ninth is? Rask back now. And they're getting Tuka Rask back. Do you know who ninth place is? Detroit, right? Detroit is three points back of Boston, and Boston has five games in hand. Wow. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow. Tenth place is Columbus, who is seven points back of Boston, and Boston has two games in hand. Well, and I think the funny thing too about this is <laughs> looking at the standings, the eight teams currently in the playoffs are the only teams in the Eastern Conference who have a positive goal differential. Every team oh, wow. on the outside looking in right now has a negative goal differential. And, oh, they, oh, and they're the all pretty close, big. And the next, yeah, I was going to say, and the next closest one in terms of that goal differential is Columbus, who has minus 14. Yeah, that's crazy. So I guess someone to look at here, if there was going to be a long shot might be the Islanders. They've only played 28 games because of various reasons. They have 26 points and negative 16 goal differential. Uh, they didn't get to play at home for like the first month of the season because their arena wasn't ready. Yeah. So they're 10, 12 and six. So they have seven games in hand on Pittsburgh, but they're 21 points behind them and they have Oof. four games in hand on Boston, but they're 14 points behind them. So we would really take an incredible run by the Islanders, even to get him in the conversation. And I don't think we see any, like Detroit, Detroit is a, 
averaging one point per game. They're negative 24 goal differentials. Sabres are negative 33. Ottawa's negative 28. Montreal's negative 50. Mm-mm. Philadelphia, who is supposed to have a bounce back here, negative 21. The Devils, perpetually in seventh place Taylor, in the measure, negative 21. Taylor, do you but, mean to tell me that trading a first-round draft pick for Rasmus Ristolainen was a bad idea? You know, I I think they're really in the same spot they were last year, despite trading for Ryan Ellis, because they balanced that out by trading for Rasmus Ristolainen. Yikes. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. But, I mean, the the West is uh, far more interesting. Oh, my God, yeah, so much more. How about the Kings, man? The Kings, I picked them to go to the second round this year. I can't. I mean, damn. We'll see what happens because Calgary is right on them. The Kings have 41 points in 36 games, while Calgary has 40 points in 33 games. But, I mean, dude, how surprising. 18, 13, and 5 with a plus 6, a positive goal differential. I mean, good for them. Yeah. And since our, our old friend Jack Eichel is uh, skating again, you can only assume Vegas, Ooh. who's our <laughs> – Old I don't know. Who? I, I don't. I don't uh, recognize that name. Mar from Home Alone. <laughs> um, so Vegas is uh, first in the Pacific, and they're probably going to run away with it. We would both assume. I think. Mm-hmm. After that, the Pacific is exactly what we thought it was going to be, which is kind of a mess. So Anaheim, despite only being a plus seven goal differential, uh, they're forty-five points in thirty-nine games. LA is 41 and 36. The Sharks have 41 and 37. Calgary is 40 and 33. And Edmonton is 38 and 34. And they are How in free the fall. hell? I mean, what a what a mess Edmonton is right now that you have the best player in the world and another top five player in the world, and you only have a plus two goal differential. They are 18, 14, and two. That is, I mean, and to, for again, for context too with this. Um Anaheim and Los Angeles have 39 and 36 games played respectively, 45 and 41 points respectively, whereas Calgary and Edmonton are at 33 and 34 with 40 and 38. So they're like right on the doorstep, like those two with being able to, to come back and get right in it. And I, we should also probably even include Winnipeg in that too, as they have only played 33 games and they have 37 points. So they're all right in the mix. But Edmonton, in the fact that, did you see the, the latest remarks that they're not going to trade any, they don't want to trade any first round picks or any prospects because they think the answer to their problems are in the room. Get out of here. You are going to literally drive the best player that this league has ever seen since. I mean, I don't want, I, you could probably like early Crosby was in a, like a different level too, but like McDavid is scoring at, a, at like otherworldly rates right now. And you are wasting this guy. Like completely and utterly wasting the best player and the probably I would say the you could probably make the argument, maybe not right now. I understand if people want to say Crosby, that's fine, but like the best player arguably to emerge in the 21st century. You are ruining this guy. Like it's just like other worlds of bad. And I know like I can't say anything because of like the Sabres and Eichel, but like Eichel and McDavid and Eichel is a pure elite player they aren't even in the same stratosphere of each other though for how good mcdavid is so i think that that in like we'll call it five years if mcdavid continues playing at the pace that he's at that he would be like the best player to emerge in the century including crosby i mean 
he'd be the best. Yeah. To merge this. Yeah. I mean, if he keeps scoring like this, yeah, he'll be better than Crosby and Ovechkin for sure. I would like to point this out the December they had, they were, they had the best record in the NHL after beating the Penguins on December 1st. Good. Since then, since then four, three loss to the Kraken. Yikes. The Kraken suck. Uh, five, one loss to the Kings four, one loss to the wild three, two loss to the Bruins three, one loss to the hurricanes. 5-1 loss to the Maple Leafs. Beat the Jackets, 5-2. Beat the Kraken, 5-3. 4-2 loss to the Blues. 6-5 loss to the Devils. I don't know what that is, but that feels like about a 3-12 stretch. It's it's terrible is what it is. It, I just, I get Oh, it. sorry, hold on. I wasn't done. They lost in overtime to the Islanders. Lost 4-1 to the Rangers and lost 4-2 to the Leafs. I forgot January. So Jesus. So, and the other thing too, with, with the Oilers, I mean, we know, everybody knows how mismanaged they are and have been. I know Mike Smith did enough to get him, get him there last year. And he's been like, Oh, maybe even like a lot, like average below average, but how can you look at a goalie tandem of Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen and say, yeah, let's run this back again and think that it's going to, it's going to end up working out. Well, they really, I mean, they had a couple of good acquisitions in the off season. Obviously Hyman has been good for them and everything, but like that is other world of bad. Who's their second good acquisition though? Didn't, uh, I mean, they had a Duncan Keith re-signed Tyson Berry. Mm, I don't know. I mean, he's scoring for them at least. Yeah. That's something. So yeah, they, well, here's the thing. Why don't they should really make an offer for Allmark, Shouldn't they? Probably. Yeah. And they got Jesse Poyarvi back full time too, which has been helpful for them. Oh, that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would think that they would be a natural team to, to make a move like that. Uh, so the, the Bruins but again, taking on that contract though, that contract is not good and they're going to need to have money going out the door. That's a good point. Uh, I wonder if you could just throw in Koskinen and have Boston wave him. Yeah. Boston could. wants out of that Allmark contract. Yep. Because so they're bringing Tuka back, presumably not just for one year. I mean, we'll see if they really just, if they think Tuka, this is Tuka's last year, then they'll just kick Swayman down to the AHL and bring him back up when they're done. And Swayman will be the starter probably over Allmark. We'll see. But if but Tuka's yeah, going to be back for. But if I was, I'm sorry, I was just going to say, if it is a couple of years though with Tuca, it's like, well, what's the point of the Allmark deal? Because then you're going to have what two years of him after, I mean, Tuca, I don't think can play more than next year fully. And then after that, like, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see how long he wants to be there. I think Boston should want out of the Allmark deal though. And Edmonton might, you know, might not love the deal, but you kind of got to take it. I mean, yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you could just send one of the goalies one the other way, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah that's that's not saying much. Again, but yes, the, it the is low bar, but it is an upgrade, no less. Yeah, good <laughs> lord, what a mess over there. Yeah, basically, Edmonton, if they keep going this way, is probably gonna get passed by Vancouver, and they must have been, I don't know how many points ahead of Vancouver in early December. Vancouver was a mess. Crazy to me, just yeah, crazy. Yeah. So the only team that really can't pass them in the Pacific is the Kraken who are in last, which is even for someone like me who didn't think they were going to be good is kind of a surprise uh, because I didn't think Phil. No, Arizona you're figuring too. They're in the central now. Oh, I thought you said in the West. Sorry. 
Oh, the no, the West overall, Arizona. Oh, yeah. I have my doubts about them passing anyone. Seven points. That's another trade rumor. Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It is indeed. I mean, it would be a hell of a price to get him, but get him out of there. I mean, he's that good. Any any team who could make that deal, I mean, absolutely should. It, it'd be a high price, but I'm sure it'd be worth it, given how good he is and how productive he is. Yeah. Stop. Wow. Listen, take a lesson from the Sabres. Stop letting good players rot on crappy teams. <laughs> the thing is, he's only 23, so, like, that's that's tough. On the other hand, we're, I mean, we're even going to play next year, so. Yeah. Quebec. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just when kidding. it'll happen, it might happen. I mean, it might. They might play in Quebec next year. I mean, that if I was at this ridiculous. point in, in – uh, what January 2011? You think I and I just was like 100% guaranteed the Thrashers could possibly be the Thrashers will be in Atlanta next year. That wouldn't sound unreasonable, but then guess what? They weren't. Yeah, no, that's fair. It just it happened when it happened. That's really the is that the only team that's um, moved in what 25 years? Yeah, shit. I guess it is. Yeah. So. Wow. This is a similarly untenable situation. Do you root for any Canadian teams or do you like any of the Canadian teams at all? I don't like anyone. No, what if? no, I, I honestly, I would kind of like to see Edmonton be good because in this situation that they're in right now, but the yeah. way they've handled this, not even the McDavid era, all the way back to drafting Taylor Hall. Uh, I think they've just been so bad at it that I don't respect them. I kind of like the idea of Calgary being good just because Calgary feels such like an anonymous city. Yeah, I have a pro uh, pro sports team. I would, uh, I, so I kind of like them. Yeah, I feel like Vancouver is probably my favorite Canadian team. I would say, but also I think if Quebec ever did get a team again, they would probably go up that list. They'd be, <laughs> they'd be up there. That'd be cool. They have cool jerseys, and I'm sure they would yeah. have eventually would have cool jerseys again. I gotta think that at some point or another they're gonna get a team again. You would think so. I mean, but I, I wonder if. Going Not back to at this point, but relocating. Yeah, that's what I would have to think too. Uh, just because I don't know, you got to get someone who lives in Quebec City who wants to pay a higher expansion fee than even Seattle did. Because when it comes down to expansion, it's going to be like, okay, you're going to get someone that has that kind of money there, or is someone in Houston going to have more money? Right. No, and Houston wants a team bad too. Yeah. Who's going to own it? I don't know. Some jackass from Texas. Screw Texas. Tillman Fertitta. Who's the owner? Who's the Rockets owner? Isn't he the one who Tillman Fertitta. That's him? Nelly Fertitta? Yeah, Yeah, Nelly Fertitta. Wow, I didn't realize. Iron Fist. No, Tillman Fertitta, whatever his name is, um, he is a terrible owner. So, I mean, whatever. He'll he'll fit right in. Yeah, Yeah, he'll fit right in. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Taylor. Well, any last thoughts you'd like to share before we sign off for the day? Um, Well, did I say I was going to have a recommendation? I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if I did or not. I don't know. What is it? I don't know. I, th- oh, I thought okay. I said I was going to have one, but I... I have an exciting bit of news for you. What's that? I started Euphoria. Whoa. Did you like it? I do. I'm like, I binged like a good amount. I'm probably on like episode five of the first season right now. And I just started it like this past week. So I think been... this was going to be my recommendation. I was going to say whether Euphoria and Righteous Gemstones were good. And they were. Thumbs up. Didn't we talk about this recently? Didn't we say this like last week? 
on Sunday, I said I was going to watch them after the pod and let everyone know uh, it's good. Yep. Both of them. I heard that the Euphoria premiere was like crazy. Yeah. Well, now that you've watched like five episodes, mm-hmm. don't you agree that it's kind of like Bishop Simon? Yeah, exactly like it. Exactly. Yeah. I saw the first party scene and I was like, wow, I, it's like I'm watching my own high school experience there of the, the all boys Catholic school that we went to. Time yeah, and right Mercy, but- same th- time and amount Mercy. It's the same thing that's going on in Euphoria. You got yeah, them everyone- walking around. I mean, it's, it, it was pretty much like scene for scene, the same thing. People looked like Zendaya that lived in South Buffalo for sure. Mm-hmm. That, people, like, and, and, looked like all of them. Yeah. Yeah. People dress like that too. Yep. It, it dances. Oh yeah. I there did. was wild. Yeah. Our, our lives are very interesting. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we did definitely did not go to the gas station and buy a bunch of candy and chips and then complain about LeBron James and watch sports center. <laughs> that never happened. We were no. always doing cool stuff. Oh yeah. We, like we all have some kind forces. of, yeah, we all had some kind of formative experience that could have been summed up in a cold open that yeah. shaped not even just something you know inside of us but our external um personalities as well yes so yeah i'm glad we all agree on that mm-hmm. so you yeah folks- i was you know me man i was shaking ass for creepy 50 year old men back in the day to make some money that's what you got to do oh my god since when is mr matt creepy <laughs> wait what's that since when was mr matt creepy oh my god <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anybody who went to time in enjoy that anyone who didn't Honestly, congratulations. <laughs> so that, that makes me think my um, my uh, random former Sabres player of the episode is going to be a Timon student. Uh, it's uh, Tim Kennedy. Ooh, okay. Um, I will go with um, not a Timon student, but uh, another uh, Buffalonian-ish kind of person, uh, Corey Conacher. Yeah. Yeah. Canisius uh, college person. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. All right, everybody. Well, Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of straight up Sabres presented by the hockey podcast network and the charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both of the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites, streaming platform that you are currently using as well as social media channels that you use. Also, with that being said, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres, on Twitter at Straight Sabres. And through that, you can find mine and Taylor's personal handles as well. So make sure you're following us. We would very much appreciate it. And wherever you're listening to us right now, make sure you are subscribed to both this podcast, the Hockey Podcast Network, and the Charging Buffalo. And as Taylor had mentioned earlier in the episode too, make sure you're using promo code THPN when you're using DraftKings to take advantage of great deals and to show some support for you boys. We'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. This has been Straight Up Sabres and Go Bills.